Hello and welcome back to the Archive Podcast. My name is Noah and I'm here with a very special returning guest, uh, former co-host of the Primal Pod and cast, uh, our man in the Midwest, Mr. <laughs> Mikey Chappelle joins us. I love the man in the Midwest. <laughs> yes. So I, I have a new buddy uh, named Nathan Stevens who's been on a couple episodes. He's our man in Texas uh, oh. right now. Uh, so we had him uh, do like a South by Southwest recap sort of thing. He's a oh, he's cool. a music dude. I should uh, I should yeah link you to some of his stuff. He's a uh, he's yeah. great. But uh, yes, yeah, so we have our man in Texas, our man in the Midwest. That's you. Uh, our man in the mountains. I guess that's Mayfield. <laughs> our men in the mount. Our mountain men. Uh, ben and uh, and Alex. And uh, yeah, I think that's everybody. Oh and man, the, you got the, correspondence now. That's fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And of course, uh, if they ever return the, uh, not the Blanchard brothers, that's me and Gav, but the brothers Blanchard are our cousins in Virginia. Oh, uh, sweet. Yeah. I've done some stuff for us as well. So, yeah, but dude, thanks for coming back. Uh, I, I think we have probably some people that are listening right now that hopefully followed primal, uh, pod and cast. That was very fun. We did that last year. Uh, I guess that's a place we could jump in. I don't know. I, we texted a little bit about it. I don't know if you've watched any of it, but have you watched Indy, any of Jindy's new show? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I gotcha. keep meaning to. Like, I, it's teasing me on HBO, but well, I'm yeah, so we can just like, we can just do another plug for it right here. Then, for those yeah. that haven't watched, uh, today was the big changeover day. It's no longer HBO Max. Oh, it's just it just Max. Lose the HBO. They were <laughs> yeah. like they got. Timberlake and they were like, no, lose the HBO. <laughs> it's cleaner. Just call it yeah. Max. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's now a, well, it's available on Max. That sounds so weird to say, but yes, it's an adult swim show. Uh, this one, unlike Primal, has dialogue. Uh, and if you basic setup, uh, it's these basically like warriors throughout time that get reincarnated uh, throughout the ages. And uh, the main crux of the the narrative that we're in is in kind of like a late 1800s version of London that is very steampunk infused. Uh, very cool, very fun, very stylish, like all of his stuff is. But uh, yeah, I do, uh, one thing I will say, I had to kind of like step back for a moment because I'm like, okay, it's not, it's not primal. It's not going for the kind of like big emotional stakes at least not thus far there's some interesting characters but that that element of it is definitely not there in the way that maybe i was hoping just given what we're coming off of but uh yeah it's way more just like a fun like character-based super inventive uh adventure ride so far so i'm enjoying it but uh yeah we'll see there's two episodes left i think they're just doing five initially and then they'll come back for a later season he also has a feature coming out later this year. Uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but an animated feature that is R-rated, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so insane. that'll be interesting. And uh, yeah, some other stuff in the hopper. They did announce Primal is returning in a different incarnation. So perhaps we will have to resurrect the podcast whenever <laughs> that premieres, probably next year. But uh, yeah, so... Check out Unicorn Warriors Eternal if you're not already watching it, if you're in the mood for something animated. But what have you been watching, sir? That's the whole reason we're doing this episode. Oh, man. Just a, a lot. I have so much time now. It's 
insanity. Um, so there's the revisits, obviously, and then. Well, but to to step back for a second, catch the people up on like, yeah, what's going on in your world, dude? Oh you, yeah, uh, uh, I finished grad school, so I'm congratulations. Like, Thanks, man. I'm officially done, and I just have. I just I'm not used to free time and just having time to do what I like. So it's nice. I can actually like dive into stuff. It's mostly been like revisiting comfort things, I guess. The new season of documentary now. Uh mm-hmm. incredible as always. I did not uh I have that reminds me I need to go back and actually finish it. I I watched a couple, but okay. Yeah. Any particular it's, favorites that I need to check out? Um the Skarsgård double feature is amazing. This, that's the only one I've seen so far. Okay. Yeah. Which was um, very, very fun. Yes. Yeah. There's, um, uh, what's the name of it? It's the one that's spoofing my octopus teacher. My monkey grifter, I think. Is <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Okay. Um, they're all good. Kate Blanchett's got another one that I haven't watched yet. I haven't watched that one either, but I heard. Yeah. I hear good things. It's up there, man. That's it's one of those shows that's so funny and so well done that I don't laugh the entire time. I just publicly declare that that's really funny to whoever. Oh, ab- yes. It's yeah. yeah. It's they're so good at it. It's so, it's so perfectly niche that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it hits the exact re- right tone. Yeah. It's real Fred Armisen in that sense. Cause like he, he loves the niche stuff, Yeah, but he's so good at it that it's almost like, you know how much he understands it, I guess. So there's like a genuine love for the thing that they're spoofing and like the level yeah. of craft and detail that goes into recapturing those moments is just like, there's no yeah. need for it to be as slavishly like yeah. well done for, as it is, but that's almost, episodes. it's almost the joke within itself that just yeah. like the fact that they go so deep into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah great series uh never disappoints yeah. uh, i think that's all available on netflix currently yep uh and if you have amc plus i believe it's included through like the extended ifc branding or however that works yep uh yeah as things become increasingly harder and harder to find because i think we have like basically like almost seven or eight major streaming services that yeah. stuff is kind of spread across right now yeah my home screen is getting ridiculous yeah. yeah uh, I so again, I, I demanded that you withhold succession for the end of the episode because Gavin and I just did a huge recap of it. But we, of course, were not able to talk about the most recent episode. So I look forward to that. But um, are you up to date on Barry show that we talked a lot about during Primal Podcast? Oh, yeah. It's how, how are we how are you feeling about uh, season uh-huh. four as a whole and particularly the time jump, uh, something that I don't think. Gavin and I've had a chance to discuss. Uh, yeah. As a whole, I think they're just, they understand the assignment, you know, <laughs> like they, they're, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like they're holding anything back because we've already suspended the disbelief. And I think we as an audience gave them the room to like experiment a little bit. And now it's just, man, it's come full circle. I'm so impressed with Bill Hader's directing that all I want now is just a live action, like a full length live action horror feature from him. I ideally, yes. Yeah. 100% agree. Uh, and yeah, the last like season and a half has basically been a big audition for like 
let me do that. And it's it's hard to think that coming out of this, he's not going to basically have the pick of the litter for like at, at the very least, like an A24 or neon, like, hey, here's 10 million, go do whatever the hell you want, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, I kind of hope he has like a script in his back pocket he's always wanted to do. Whether he's in it or not, yeah, kind of irrelevant, even though I'm like as I mean, as talented and incredible as he is as an actor, it's like, yeah, you step back and you look at the writing, the directing, et cetera. And I do think as much as people kind of say that it's an auteur thing in, in the, uh, the aftercast that he was doing uh, with the ringer before uh, the writer's strike, which he stopped doing it midway through the season. So there, apparently he says, whenever the strike is up, like he'll come back and yeah. do those uh, the final wrap up for the season and everything. But uh, he goes out of his way to like, point out that it's like no it is not like all me and like mm-hmm. shout out his collaborators and a lot yeah. one of the most fascinating things especially listening to the breakdown of like three and four is how much of the show is made in the edit and in the process of making it in terms of like it was scripted this way they filmed it and then they came back for reshoots because they were like this isn't quite working and it's like something that we sit there and go like oh my god this was so like you know perfect it's like well it was meticulously crafted and as much as they were able to look at it and go this isn't working let's do this other thing but it's like yeah so many of the big kind of like huge you know little subtle details or like yeah. big narrative changes uh that have happened in the last like two seasons have some of them have kind of been just like improv if you will yeah. Not you know we started in one place, but like we we decided to go somewhere else. So, uh, I yeah I'm I am still consistently amazed at its ability to remain funny even as yeah. it gets bleaker it's and bleaker so, yeah, and bleaker. So dude. Yeah, the but the stuff with the. These, go ahead, sorry. No, my bad. Just wildly hilarious moments that I don't know. They feel like. I don't know if they were or not, but it just like they let the the actors just like develop their own characters and just go, hey, what would happen? Just give me two minutes of something. And it all just like pays off in this really satisfying way because it just breaks the tension in a way that doesn't destroy the tone. If any yeah. of that makes sense. And I, I know it 100% makes sense yeah. to me. And again, that's kind of the magic trick of like when they introduce when they do the flash forward at the tail end of I think episode three or four um, and they introduce what we come to find out is Barry's kid it's yeah. like initially I'm like oh wow like of course that well, like this is weird and what a funny way to go with it and then like five minutes into that processing like what's actually going on where it's like oh they he literally created a little like a little version yeah. of like somebody he can present to himself this is who I am or the who I, who he sees himself as or who he wants to be seen as and essentially like grooming his own child from yeah. birth to have this very fucked up skewed for it's almost yeah. do you ever see dog tooth a the, long time ago the Yorgos yeah. Lanthimos movie yep. but mm-hmm. yeah I'm almost like dude you've created this like this bubble for this kid right. and it's like you're doing you're literally watching like that's child abuse like yeah they're doing deep emotional like psychological damage to this kid she's giving the kid alcohol to shut him up essentially like but again 
they can have like the that deep like oh my god like if you weren't already convinced like barry is he's a monster dude he needs yeah. to like he's and you you're hoping for some sort of self-awareness and i don't know if it's yeah. if it's ever gonna come and we only have one episode yeah. left yeah but it's insane to me how they can keep developing characters this late in the game mm-hmm. you know th- and it's just the the whole story of fuchs is hilarious to me but yeah they I, they did not need to give us like you know fuchs reborn as yeah. the actual raven but like i am so i'm loving it dude, dude absolutely loving it. it yeah yeah and it's like yeah there's one episode left and now he just has this arc that like we get to see well, to the end hopefully and it seems like again i'm i'm totally up for being really surprised but i it seems like he kind of moved all the little puzzle pieces right at the end and it seems like we're gonna get basically every major character kind of colliding in yeah. one scenario yeah. and i am just i'm i'm so excited i don't know if it's extended at all that's another thing uh yeah. that consistently amazes me is yeah. he does all of this in half hour increments like, yeah. and it and yet it <laughs> never feels like you know they feel feel so packed to the gills yeah even while having sequences that feel like they have a lot of like air to them and like are yeah. able to breathe and we can like sit in a moment uh yeah. yeah dude just elite level shit i'm yeah. uh i'm gonna really really miss it when it's gone and i can't yeah. believe that we lose literally barry and succession <laughs> on the same fucking it's night dude gonna make my <laughs> monday nights a lot less anxious or my monday mornings rather because like i never catch it like mm-hmm. at night but then it's like the first thing i do when i wake up on mondays like working from home i just like throw it on as i'm logging in and it's just starting a week off with just like succession and then barry a lot of times you're just like man do i even want to do anything anymore yeah and i mean it is basically it's my it's my weekend ender and yeah. the beginning of my week because i do i usually go late into sunday night so of course succession airs before barry does yeah. but i watch barry first uh yeah. and then save succession for last uh mainly for 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 tonal reasons initially is because yeah. i was like oh dude barry's getting so dark and everything but then yeah. you know little did i know where succession was headed uh let, let anything else on the table before uh that you would like to discuss uh movies tv not really i haven't gotten music but i haven't watched a lot of tv my dad was here Mm-hmm. Uh, well, both my parents are here for my graduation a couple weeks ago, and we just yeah. like binged the Diplomat. That's the uh, Carrie Russell yeah. show. Um, How was that? Surprisingly entertaining. I, I kind of I, I wrote it off because I was like, oh, this seems like a show my parents would love type thing. <laughs> right. Where it's like it kind of just low rent political thriller, but it's like it's basically it's like more accessible House of Cards. Okay. And it takes a while, but halfway through, you're like, all right, I'm kind of invested. And then they left on this wild cliffhanger. So now I have to watch season two. I don't know if I like this show or not, but I don't <laughs> actually hate it. And it's very confusing to me. Okay. <laughs> like I mean, sometimes that's what the algorithm gives you, dude. It's just, it's, you know, it's genetically engineered to hold yeah. just enough of your attention to be like, I'll watch more of that. I think that's what it is. And again, I never would have reached for it if my parent, like my dad hadn't put it on. So I was just like, 
okay this is what we're doing now yeah i guess and now i'm like the whole season in and i'm just i think i don't like it i just know that i have to watch the next season to see what happens mm-hmm. so i'm just here i'm invested <laughs> i'll keep rolling my eyes at carrie russell's dialogue okay <laughs> i mean she's a charming presence you know she's great no she's great like the I, uh, great in it. it's just were you uh were you an americans watcher the yes. FX show. Yes, it was. I never watched yeah. the Americans. I hear amazing things. Yeah, I, uh, that the one kind of like passed from me the by. Jump way better, but Carrie Russell can hold her own. Like she's a great lead. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like the premise of the political premise that they have behind it is really smart, but not accessible. You know. Gotcha. I guess so. What yeah. and what is the setup? So Carrie Russell is a basically a civil service worker, worked for the government, doing all kinds of like international stuff, mostly ambassador type things. And then she gets Mm -hmm. tagged to be the ambassador to the UK, which is kind of just like a luxury job in that sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like that's where you like send somebody that gave you a lot of money to get you to be president type thing. Right. But she wants to do like frontline stuff and cobble and all that thing so like that's that's her in a nutshell like don't give her the cushy job or whatever but she's also married to a another civil service worker that like has kind of a reputation for being just really good at it so they're like this power couple and in the midst of all this somebody sinks a british battleship and then it's up to them to kind of just assuade nuclear war through back channel politics okay yeah the the story holds up and it's just one of those things where like i don't know if i like this but i gotta see where it goes they're really good at leading you into the next episode so well speaking of again what sounds like a little bit of algorithm generated content do you have any awareness or interest in mrs davis uh which one is that one so it is on peacock uh, the entire first season is available now. It's eight episodes. Uh, it is from Damon Lindelof of Lost, oh. Leftovers, and Watchmen fame. Uh, yep. And I believe Sarah Carp. I think it's Sarah Carpenter. I may be messing that up. Let me look it up so I don't mess up her name. Uh, she worked on Big Bang Theory quite a bit. But it is ba- it's Betty Gilpin from uh, Glow and The Hunt yeah. as the Hunt a... A nun who is uh, seeking the Holy Grail in an effort to destroy an AI known as Mrs. Davis that has essentially taken over the world. That's that's kind of the core premise. And like a lot of recent Lindelof shows, it kind of operates on a bit of a meta level where it is a series that knows that you've seen a lot of series uh, and really plays with your expectations uh, in interesting ways. And it is one of my my new favorites. Uh, and kind of without spoiling anything, when we got to the end of it, I was like, that's kind of perfect. Don't want a second season. Hope it's a limited series. Uh, but there is a teeny tiny like pinhole of a, of a window into like, maybe they could do a season two. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would pitch it to you as I think it's, I think they're going to run it as limited series at the Emmys, which would... Uh, 
you know, seem to indicate they're not going to make any more of it. Uh, but yeah, I would recommend it to you as a nice, like closed loop story, eight episodes, yeah. uh, really, really good, interesting stuff, funny, uh, off kilter, not nearly as heavy as like the leftovers yeah. or Watchmen for that matter. But, uh, it, it's, it's got a lot of heart to it, but not, uh, yeah, not maudlin at all. It looks right up my alley and Watchmen was incredible. I think that was a, were you, I forget, were you a leftovers guy or no? No. Uh, hugely encourage you to dive in at HBO. That's that's one of the all-timer uh like top 10 all-timers for me. Uh yeah. great series. Uh but yeah, I knew I, I Mrs. Davis would be my biggest recommend of uh stuff I've watched recently. I at any given point in the last uh couple months I've been watching like upwards of nine shows actively oh, <laughs> like following them. It is an insane time for television, dude. Dude, like, it's wild. There's <laughs> literally just becomes so much like a new exercise in how to do it right and well. And it's it's great. There's so much out there. Uh other ones that I finished recently, I'm just trying to think of stuff that I haven't hit publicly on the podcast. Dead Ringers over on uh Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Very interesting show. Uh not for the faint of heart and definitely not like i'm curious how many people who start it actually finish it but uh incredible rachel vice performance uh probably the best on-screen like twins just from a technical perspective that i've ever seen in anything uh and yes she plays uh twin uh gynecologists and uh it's about them opening a birthing center and uh, a lot of other uh, wild things that I, I don't want to ruin, but it's very twisty and turny and uh, interesting show. And it's only six episodes, limited series. Uh, you can crush it in a weekend. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I That's also am currently watching Love and Death uh, on HBO, starring Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons. There is one episode left to go. I waited a little while and I'm currently kind of binging through it one and one a night. So uh, I think that ends this week as well. So look forward to that. This has all just been a giant prelude. I I, I know you want to talk succession. Um, let's <laughs> let's talk succession, dude. Oh man, <laughs> it's it's so good. I, I I know that's like my go-to critique, but just sometimes it's like no notes. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it is. It, I feel like it's the ultimate like no notes show overall, yeah. but particularly the final season. I'm like. I, I can't think of the last time that there was like such universal across the board praise for it. Like even in the final season of like Breaking Bad, there were people who were like, oh, I don't know about this ending or I don't know if yeah. I like where it's headed. Same thing with Mad Men. You had like, yeah. you know, there was a, the whole run. Of, they did a time jump in that one mm-hmm. that some people went for. Some people were like, I don't know about this. Um a lot of hand wringing over over finales over the years. I yeah. just I I I'm struggling to remember one in my lifetime that it was just like no everybody is just like no the show is absolutely like firing on all cylinders. Yeah. It just gets better and better and better, and it's gonna go out on top. And yeah. from every every little like nugget I've heard about the finale itself from the cast and crew involved to just like critics who have already seen it. Everyone is just like, no, it's like literally 
one of the best episodes of television you've ever seen. I'm like, well, they've already done like four of those this season alone. So uh, that's that's just incredible. I keep asking, I don't know how they're going to top this. And then they top it. You know, in like in in different ways. I mean, like there's episodes I like better than others, especially in this season. But mm-hmm. they each progress. Like there's an element to each of them that just like shoots it to the top of its game. Versus, yes, just just when yeah. you're kind of like you've let your guard down, you're like, okay, well, I guess this is just like a yeah. this is a more low key episode. Like yeah. not as much. Like literally, like a dialogue scene later, and you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Like yeah. holy shit! And now you're like, oh, that's all I can think about. But yeah, I guess uh, I you know this has just been a fun thing to discuss uh, oh, yeah. in the last couple of months. But what you take me through your experience with uh, with episode three, with the death of Logan Roy, which we can now you know probably speak of but like yeah did, did you watch it on a monday did you have it spoiled for you did you know anything i didn't know anything but I, yeah i watched it like monday morning was my usual thing like don't yeah. tell my job this but there's a morning <laughs> stand-up that all the managers are Dude, in. this is yeah. this is public there are all yeah, like 20 people that listen to this show so uh right be, they're a beware. bunch of engineers they don't do television as much gotcha but, gotcha basically there's like a morning stand-up that they're all in so like i'm at work but my day doesn't start to like 10 you know right. people are doing stuff so that's when i get my succession in and i was a little bit late on this morning so i started it late and i missed a meeting like it's something that was on like my laptop was pinging uh-huh. and i was just like standing up like i watched the entire last half of the episode just on my feet <laughs> oh dude like there's no way I, I was just saying that's the empty space around me but it was so on like a story level that's an incredible thing to do you know because like everybody kind of expects that it might it's last season just never that early so that's you throwing yourself not in a but then you years. also get this yeah. incredible technical exercise of filming like a 28 page sequence all in one take and just everybody's reactions to every situation was exactly what like all these characters are just like performing as you think they would in that scenario like it, they all like they, that's it all matches up with their personalities and just that's how that situation would have been handled by that group absolutely yeah um yeah and i one of you know one of only a handful of times that I can literally count on one hand that succession has legitimately gotten like has reduced me to tears. And I was, and I've talked about it with people where I was like, it was that incredible moment of just like at the end of the day, they are like kids that just lost their dad. And it's like, I can remove all of that other bullshit from it. And it's because those performances are so like raw and honest and like, like you said, like true to those characters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they managed to find the humanity and, and I hate it every time. Anytime I empathize with any of them, right. uh, I get so upset. And so of course, coming off of the election episode where I'm just like fucking Roman dude, like I know, right? fuck this guy, like to, to go from that to when he has his like full on breakdown at the funeral, dude. Yeah. I just, I broke right there with him, dude. 
Kieran Culkin is like, I, I know everybody is like obsessed with Jeremy Strong and the method actor, like deep into Kendall, all of that stuff. I get it. I get it. But Kieran Culkin is is particularly this season, I feel like has gone to places that are just, I don't know, dude. It's like just touching a raw nerve or something. He's so just like, oh, just right there. Um, Yeah. I I would like when that happened, I, when he broke down, there was like a small sense of like smugness about it. For sure. Until he like shat until the dude, when he has the, is he in there? Yeah. And they're like, yes. And he's like, can we get him out? I was just, I dude, I, yeah, that's, That's, yeah. It's an incredible moment. And like, I felt, I was like, yeah, you kind of deserve this. (laughs) You know, like I, you just, you don't want anything good to happen to him or like, you don't want him to have that moment where he wins the funeral. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Him starting out being so yeah. smug about like yeah. and emerged the winner of the or victorious yeah. is the winner of the funeral. And then of course he is the one who like literally yeah. him breaking down there because of how he has just like, you know, shuttered all emotions I surrounding this. Yes, his <laughs> pre-grieving, so all of that stuff. Oh, and it being like again throughout the whole series he has been weirdly the most emotional and empathetic towards other people i'm not even saying like as a like as an audience member being like oh he's the one i'm rooting for or he's the most likable not at all but he has had those little moments of like you know when carrie tries to come into the wake and they don't want to let her in the apartment and everything. And he's like, you know, can I get your number? Are you okay? Like, he seems genuinely concerned about her. He he is that kid who never does seem to have the killer instinct. And that's yeah. been his, like, his fault in Logan's yeah. eyes the whole time. And for the thing to, that literally brings him down, like, you know, he's a meme now. They have that, like, that moment of the funeral. He will never be CEO. He's out of the game. Like, there's no there's no way he can operate in this world after that moment. And also how fucked up that is, the idea that, like, being emotional or crying at your father's funeral is something yeah. that you would be seen as, like, a career ender. But in right. this world it is, is just, like, yeah. so dark and fucked up. But, uh yeah, I thought that was again just genius writing to be like, yes, yeah. the most emotional character on the show. That's his ultimate downfall. Is yeah. he just he couldn't hack it at the end of the day? Exactly. Just, oh, he, dude, you always seem to have like the biggest trace of humanity, even if it wasn't large. Like he yeah. always seemed to have the most. Yeah, in that sense, and he I just, he like, just, yeah, the most, the most. Uh, the most in need of love like i it yes. was definitely you know shiv and uh and kendall i don't think it was it was love that they were looking for it was approval or wanted to impress him or whatever whatever you wanted yeah. to take from that yeah. uh or to best him in the case of kendall i don't know to be bigger than uh yeah. in some way uh but yeah for for roman it clearly was always just like i just want my dad to say he loves me that's yeah. it i think that's literally all i need and that's the fucked up thing is the episode, the last time they ever see him, he he tells them all, and I think it is very genuine. I love you all. But what's yeah. it followed by? But you're not serious yeah. people. And it's yeah. like, it's the, you know, 
Yeah. It's the yin and yang. It's like constantly keeping the scales balanced of like, I can never be too nice of a guy. I've always got to yeah. be a fucking bastard at heart. This is, yeah. this is beautiful There's, writing, dude. Great shit. I, I, uh, so I listened to when uh, Brian Cox was on Fresh Air. Mm-hmm. And uh, that interview was incredible. It was also super informative because I guess when he was, when they were in the first season and he was still kind of figuring it out, he asked, like, the writers oh does logan love his kids mm-hmm. and they said yes that's like the entire source of the conflict because it'd be so easy to play that it, logan roy is just like a bastard the right. entire time but like there's a layer of complexity underneath all of that in that despite all of this i love my children and like hearing that and then watching performances again because i started from the beginning <laughs> a couple days ago just to see if it all holds up and i think does. i'm i think i'm going to right after it's over i think literally that's the only yeah. way to cope with the finale next week is to on yeah. monday roll right yeah. into a rewatch of the entire series yeah so. understanding understanding them as they are now and going back it makes all the moments hit a lot harder like whether it be mm-hmm. dramatic or funny like the funny moments are way funnier because you kind of get it now like i think when i started watching I, I just kind of assumed that Kendall was this guy that I had to root for as some sort of anti-hero. And then going back, like you guys said earlier, and looking at him as just a walking corporate buzzword. Yeah. Every scene that he's in is just even more hilarious. <laughs> like, because you know it's just fake competence. So you're like, oh, this is so funny. 100%. I have got to send you the... Uh the Kendall cringe compilation. And I, so I did, I didn't do any rewatch beforehand. I just watched uh, the season three finale before season four started. That's all I did, but I have gone on YouTube and I've done a couple compilations that one in particular, which I'll send to you. I was just like, Oh my God, so much of this is from season one. And I had just kind of like, I had forgotten a lot of it, but it's like, yeah, he, from the get go. I mean, the first episode is him fucking up the vulture deal right (laughs) and it's just because he's a complete buffoon because like he's again he's just all all buzz and again when we get sorry flash forward to where we're at going into the finale i i personally i think obviously it's going to be a battle between him and shiv like to the death quote unquote or the death of their corporate lives uh and i think he's going to come out on top but i think he's going to do it by literally alienating everybody close to him and he's going to be the king he's going to be logan essentially the king that has burned every fucking bridge around him and and for what we've already seen him lose his family he lost his fucking uh i mean he's been divorced from rava but it's like after the election and all of that he's firmly he's lost his family no tether there he has no jess the assistant Dude, nope. that's that scene where no, he was... makes where he makes yeah. her tell him, and then it's like, "Thanks for telling me today." Of all days, I'm just like, "You piece of shit." Right. Dude. <laughs> um, oh, but that's so him, dude. That's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent him. This this one had another like. There's key like Tom and Greg moments in every single episode. Yes. But this one, I don't know why I found it so particularly funny, but it was just, Greg was just like, 
Um, so did you want to talk about front right <laughs> and then just like goes to be a pallbearer? Dude, the idea that, yeah, when you step back and you're like, yo, this kid was throwing up in yeah. a, in a costume. mascot costume in yeah. the pilot. And now he is the pallbearer at Logan's funeral and shaking the hand of the president. Yeah. Or I mean, I'm going to bet the under that he takes over. <laughs> That's the show I want to see. So, okay. And we've always joked about that, but somebody pointed it out and I was like, dude, I we could genuinely be headed that way because here's the other way things other way things could shake out. Matson comes in and tells or tells Shiv at the end of the episode they're in for a US CEO. Yeah. Doesn't say her though. Yes. And him and Greg are all buddy buddy now. Yep. They're Coke buddies or drug buddies or whatever. <laughs> Party buddies, whatever the <laughs> They made me dance with an old man. <laughs> I drank things that are not supposed to be drinks. Um, yeah. And what if, you know, he's essentially a puppet king and yeah, yeah he's installed a CEO, but he's essentially Matson's just like puppet. And that's how we end the series is like, yeah, the family gets completely shut out, except technically not because it's, yeah. they can be like, he's the cousin. <laughs> the he's the cousin. He's, he's still a Roy. He's oh, still a man. Roy. Yeah. uh dude so yeah it could go that way okay. but uh but i honestly no i think i think yeah. kendall sits atop a hollow throne uh yeah. at the end i think that's how it goes down and it's just a really right. bleak uh statement about like yeah to actually like live this kind of life like look at like the and that's kind of the the overarching thing i know there are people obviously there's no way the show could be as successful as it is without a certain portion of the audience watching it going like oh, i want to be these people yeah. but uh but God, i feel but but yes but i i hope most of those people have been confronted in this final season with like is this really i mean right. i i understand they got great clothes and like access to a lot of shit and like they don't want for anything but like they seem like miserable fucking people yeah. like their day-to-day -day lives and their general like happiness level they seem really fucking miserable all the time uh, so that is kind of reassuring at the end yeah, of the day. Those problems escape no one, you know. Yes. Uh, like, like, it's an interesting dynamic to see what shows do when money doesn't matter. Like yes. this, it, it almost like, in a weird way, it almost strips them down to like just bare humans. <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's, you, it's pure id. It's just, yeah, yeah it's, it's. Yeah, you have absolutely. everything you could possibly need. What would a human do at this point? And they still create problems for themselves. Yeah, they still struggle for this elusive power <laughs> that yeah. is just like it's fucking fairy dust, dude. Like literally, yeah. it's completely ethereal. It's like all of you just walk away, just yep. find another way to be happy. But again, exactly. that's what they fully eliminated. The is like they already have it. You know, like yeah. they don't have that power, but they like. I was the head of AT, like an entire news network. Yes. Like the thousands of people reporting to him technically. In a, yeah. Dude, that would be the ultimate. I, I mean, I think also, yeah, if Greg ends up as CEO, like maybe Tom just offs himself. Maybe he's yeah. just like, are you I, kidding me after all I, this? I can my, see it like my Greg. My yeah, Greg. you put that on the table and yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh lot lots of interesting places it could go. Uh but yeah, I, I can't wait to see what happens, man. Um, 
I, I think we can firmly say, even without having seen the finale, it's just, it's it's right up there, dude. It's in yeah. the all-timer conversation with Sopranos, The Wire, Breaking Bad, Mad Men. Yeah. It's, it's, it's up there. It's fun when you <laughs> live in the iconic moment. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Kind of, I, like, it's, it's weird because I've never really experienced it like in real time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I I know the shows and I've seen them, but like up until this point, it's just been like reruns on streamers or you know like old DVDs that I bought, right? Especially to you, watch the show. And then, well, and like, were you in on Thrones as it for that final season? Oh like, yeah, were you watching it in real time? And yeah, so that was such an interesting one because it was like I feel like we were all collectively souring yeah. in the moment over the yeah. course of weeks. And there was this like background discourse of just like, what what's going on, man? Right. Like we we loved this, and like yeah. this is really this is not looking good. And like it I'm just so- got it got worse. But I remember us trying to like talk talk ourselves into like, oh yeah, but the the battle episode. I mean, it was cool. It was it was pretty cool. But I don't know, man. Uh, so yeah, it's nice to be going through this one too when it's just like it's just universal praise, dude. I've yet to hear yeah. the hot take of like I don't know about this final season. Like it's just like <laughs> what are like I, again, I have no idea what you would say against it. The writing is at an all-time high just as it's been for you know the previous 3 seasons. The performances could not be better because again, as with any show, the more time you get to spend with these characters, the more time the actors get to live in these characters. Yeah. You hit these late period scenes where it's just like you're you just so much is brought just in looks because yeah. we have like so much history built up uh it's just great television man i'm, I'm talking again when this and barry are gone oh man something's gotta sw- something's gotta swoop in here at the end of the year and just like be be <laughs> halfway decent launched, that's why they launched max this month Maybe, dude. So here's what what I'm honestly counting on. I I know HP. I mean, gemstones will be back to give us a little bit of that. Uh, you know, uh, Southern Fried Succession vibes. Uh, for sure. So that'll be fun. That's like right on the heels of of those wrapping. Uh, new True Detective. Uh, right around the corner. Excited for that. But here's the real. Oh, I finally got caught up on. I finally watched all the True Detectives. Yes, that's the only one too. Uh, that's, yeah. I, I guess the main thing to ask you about by a plug, plug, plug for some old episodes. Uh, yeah. Gavin and I did Trues Days with Noah and Gav, where we covered season three as it came out uh, week to week. So we have episode by episode breakdowns of those. But before we started that uh, limited series, we did big one-off recap episodes of season one and season two so if you have any interest go check those out they're on the tv arc uh i have to ask what you thought of season two i mean that's the that's the one that is a make or break for most people yeah you know if season two had come before season one you don't know if you would have made it to season two (laughs) i don't right like I would have to be so like I, just like I had to be sold on season three because of season two. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. Like I don't. The it wasn't there was like a not even a shift in tone. It just felt like a shift. And I know it's supposed to not be like <laughs> episodic, but like 
at least when like when American Horror Story does it, there's just like a familiarity between like okay, I'm settling in. It's like part of an anthology. You know, mm-hmm. this just felt like we accidentally labeled a whole different show True Detective. Right. And when you compare that to the beast that was season one, it's just really hard, you know? Like, I, mean, I did it because like, I finished it and I can't even really tell you what happens. I wasn't paying all that much attention. But, like, I only finished it to say that I did, <laughs> you know? Uh, one, one could argue... They maybe should have stopped with season one. Uh, yeah, I would not argue that because uh, we're there's a small little contingent of uh, of contrarians that uh, I count myself as a part of. Uh, as does Gavin. Uh, we love season two, dude. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and try and tell you it's anywhere near as good as season one, but I got a big soft spot for season two, dude. Uh, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist but I am fascinated by Bohemian Grove and all of that shit. Uh, So of course that element of season two, uh, like old school LA noir, like what's, what's going on beneath the surface, like sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm always a sucker for. So the kind of secret history of, of LA that's baked into that season really did it for me. Uh, It's a bit of a mess tonally. I 100% agree, and it's a bit of a mess structurally, and there's a few threads that don't fully come together. And like I said, uh, Colin Farrell is making a lot of choices, and I love them, but I understand (laughs) that they're not for everybody. Uh, Yeah, dude, uh, I'm going to send you a link to our episode. Gavin and I, we'll we'll try and explain to you what's fun about it and why we liked it. Uh, Yeah, I'd be interested to hear. I I don't think it's like, indefensibly bad you know it's just it's a very it's a shift like you said it is a shift but i did i I haven't even said the words fence bond yet which yeah uh, (laughs) right yeah i think uh it was because like i slept on it for such a long time and i had time so i started watching it and i just i ran from the season one finale right into season two Mm-hmm. So the comparison, dude, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a hard shift. Because again, we had like a year and a half yeah. break in between, or maybe it was a little quicker. I think that was part of it too. Is they kind of like yeah. one was such a huge success that I think yeah. he kind of like just bleh, like vomited out season two, and I don't think it really got many rewrites or many people's eyes yeah. on it going like, hey, maybe we trim this I mean, up can, make this a little clearer um, i can see that i feel like if i had that time i probably wouldn't be as hard on it but it's it was jarring <laughs> like to yeah you know but uh watch woody harrelson and matthew mcconaughey and then just immediately <laughs> go somewhere else you know absolutely uh with that in mind though did, did three kind of get you back a little bit it did. yeah yeah mostly like mahershala ali i'll just i'll watch anything he's in Incredible. I feel like kind of been kind of been missing just I mean just for a bit. Yeah. You know, I, I love like part of it is him supposedly being blade and that movie. I don't even know if it's ever gonna get made, but uh oh man. Well, we can at least look forward to the documentary about the making of blade. <laughs> yes. Dude, I That's would love I would love a big deep dive after Marvel crumbles like you know, yeah. 20 years from now, and we get all the inside stories about like what was yeah. really going on behind the scenes. That would be oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I love Marvel and I would love that just as much. 
Yes. Like, I would love it me, for DC as well. Uh, honestly, any yeah. studio. Give me the, yeah, give me the uh, inside yeah. dirt. Kevin Feige yeah. starting fight clubs. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, like you mentioned earlier, that Rachel Wise does a really good job of like playing twins. Mm-hmm. I think the same concept applies to Mahershala Ali playing an older version of his character. The the like, time the time jumpy stuff or the you know the first yeah. season is somewhat obsessed with with time uh yeah. but the third season is like no this is the Why? theme <laughs> right. uh and yeah the multiple time periods really work dwarf is great in that um yeah, <clears throat> yeah i kind of want to go back to that season as well season one i have rewatched like multiple times yeah. uh season two i've done twice but i i don't think i've done three since it originally aired and uh yeah <laughs> Yeah. That was a good season. But of course, yeah, the new one, uh, which this will be the first season that does not involve uh, Nick Pizzolatto, the guy who created it and wrote the first three seasons. Um, it's just, it's got the True Detective branding, but it's a new creative team. Uh, so I think that's I think, a good, I think, I think that's a good idea earned. though. I think they yeah. should have done that from the get-go, honestly. It should have been a different writer, different director creative team for each season put its own stamp on it but of course i did like the touch of season three connecting back to season one and uh, i think they even referenced season two as well so putting them all in the same universe like kind of stamping that down I, i i actually like that a bit so uh but yeah looking forward to that uh the idol the new uh weekend sam yeah. levinson show that everybody cannot stop talking about yeah I think um, part of it it feels really just like press junket type rumors you know yes to the point where i feel like yeah. all of it is being overhyped uh where yeah. i'm like guys i was gonna watch it anyways to be able to have an opinion on it not particularly because i'm like super excited for this show uh but more than anything because Gavin is a diehard weekend fan, and I'm sure he's going to be watching the show and uh, we'll be talking about it in some capacity, whether I like it or not. But, right. uh, but yeah, uh, it's like, I mean, yeah. it's probably is a marketing thing, but it works on people like me. Like, yeah, I kind of want to see. Oh, yeah. You start telling me everybody is outraged by it, but of course, I mean, yeah. Again, dude, I, yeah. I've been through two seasons of Euphoria now, and the discourse around Euphoria, and I'm I, I'm kind of like, guys, let's let's calm down, let's calm yeah. down. I, I've been through this this hype cycle before, yeah. where it's just like, is this the end of morality? And I'm like, what? What are we? It's HBO, guys. It's yeah. HBO. Calm it's down. Always going to be the end of morality. You know? Yes, they got it. You know, of course they got to up the ante, dude. Yeah. This is not the early 2000s where, you know, full frontal male nudity will be the, the shocking event of, yep. you know, the line's going to ha- keep getting things, pushed. Things are going to escalate. Yep. Things are definitely going to escalate. Uh, yeah, but I do. I also FX, uh, who I kind of think is the, the second forebearer right behind HBO, yeah. just like the quality shit. They've been kind of quiet this year thus far, other than they have Dave running right now. Yeah. But I know they have a lot of stuff slated for the rest of the year. So uh yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping my next favorite thing is yeah. is just around the corner. But um there's gonna be a little there's gonna be a big berry succession sized hole for, yeah. for quite a while. Um but yeah. That's 
Yeah, that's gonna be. Uh, I don't know if I'm prepared, but yeah, I, it hasn't even really like hit me because <laughs> I've just been like I feel like I was always playing catch up on the shows, and then I finally got caught up. But it's the last season, and it hasn't really hit me that like, oh, this is it. <laughs> like we are done, and right. I won't have this next year. <laughs> so absolutely, I do. I always kind of have that with uh, stuff that I get Gavin to come too late to the party, like he did with yeah. Game of Thrones, and like he just did with Succession, where I'm like, dude, you don't, you don't know, you weren't here. You know, right. <laughs> you weren't waiting for a year when, the, or like a year plus when we had the COVID this, break. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you don't know. But, uh, yeah. Uh, all right, man. Any other, uh, any other things you want to hit? What's, uh, what's going on in the, in your, uh, in the music world? What's going on with Scary Hotel? So much. You're in the uh, studio earlier today. Let's, uh, plug, 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 and then we'll, uh, wrap things yeah. up. Yeah. So I'm, uh, helping, to I guess engineer and record my buddy Alex record play guitar for him. I'm in four different projects and they're all so exciting. I love them very much. And now that I'm done with school, did you say big, four projects? Yeah. Hell uh, yeah. Like they're not all as busy as other things. So it's like I have my stuff and then I fill in for other people on other instruments, but it's keeping me sharp. Mm-hmm. for things but i just want to get into the recording game and i just got a job part-time after work as an engineer at one of the local recording studios here so i'm going to start booking some people out and like working in a big space with the console and all that stuff oh yeah but uh yeah i'm just trying to say i should probably look for another job <laughs> with this new degree i have but like as soon as i finish school i just immediately pivoted to what i actually wanted to be busy with Mm-hmm. And it's been really great because it doesn't feel like I'm busy. It just feels like I'm doing what, what you I want to be doing. Time. So Absolutely. yeah, like a lot of fingers, a lot of pies right now. And I'm very stoked about it. But, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, again, scary hotel, the main thing to check out on all your major music services. Uh, I go by narc lowercase N all caps, a R K. Uh, just put out a new EP on Cinco de Mayo called Model V. It's a little more, uh, I don't know, shoegazy, indie rock influence, a little more, a little more spacey. Basically, me using a lot of uh, guitar inputs on my, nice. on my keyboard. Uh, yeah, so Thank check you for that one. Out. I'm actually going to put that on as soon as I leave here to. Uh, Hell yeah, dude! A little bit. Thank you. Yeah. Get them Sorry, I didn't get to it yet. It's uh, just, dude, not at all. And I, you know, the I, lists are always growing. I, I will, and I release way too much music. That's that's also a problem that I have because uh, yeah. I can't. It's help never myself. so much. Man. Um, but yeah, uh, before that, there was uh, I had an April Fool's album of some old material that I finally mastered. Uh, it's literally called Four One Twenty Three April Fools Twenty Twenty Three. Uh. And then the LP before that was uh, Kaiku, which I think you would enjoy. Uh, it's kind of lo-fi, trip-hop, but very uh, Asian-influenced. I use a lot of like Japanese and Chinese instruments. Uh, yeah. Really? Lots of fun. And then uh, next EP will be out. What are we in May? Yes. Is that correct? I have uh, an EP called Sonari coming out uh june 30th hell yeah so check that out when you can people and uh yeah i think that's all the things 
check us out if you want to support the podcast uh patreon.com slash the arc of e go to the arc of e.com if you want to keep up with all of our written things our monthly wrapped and uh of course mr sunshine mayfield's nicholas cage challenge 2023 which is currently on hiatus but catch up with where he's at right now and uh yeah oh also plug 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 next week the uh season and possibly series finale of uh bending not breaking uh one of our the most successful show in arc of e network history uh for mr sunshine mayfield and ben pruitt they will be wrapping out legend of Korra season four and uh they'll probably come back for some sort of big wrap-up but uh yeah that's uh that show is in its seventh and possibly final season and we we bid them a fond farewell so uh check in with the boys over on the bending not breaking feed uh until next time i have been noah and uh i have been joined by the incomparable mikey Chappelle, our man in the midwest gotta remember to that's gonna be in the episode title we'll put that in there put that in oh, there. Okay. midwest hyphen midwest hyphenated or all one word it's all one word word okay. uh until next time for <laughs> mikey and myself uh, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Arcade Podcast. Bye.